Good morning. Welcome to San Lorenzo. Um, if this is your first time, we are starting a, uh, a new series today, so awesome timing. Um, but let's start and uh, go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for who you are. I pray, Father, you would open our hearts and our minds to your teaching right now. Help us to see you clearly and to uh, learn what you want us to learn right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So the new uh, sermon series is Why Doctrine Matters. So let's start off and um, uh, let me explain what doctrine is, okay? So doctrine is uh, beliefs held by the church that are taught, okay? And so um, why is doctrine important? You know, it's, it's good to know um, what, is, what you are learning, it is good to know that everything that we teach here from the pulpit and our, everything that our church believes in is based on the Bible, okay? It's not something that uh, we make up. We don't water it down. Uh, we don't twist it to make it uh, fit our needs. We believe that the Bible is inerrant, and by inerrant, uh, it means it's incapable of being wrong, okay? So there's no errors Oh, sorry. Okay, no errors. Um, and what we, use, we use the Bible as a basis for what we believe and what we teach. So as we start this, summer, this, this series on the doctrine, uh, it's applicable that we start it on the Bible. But first, um, not to bring up a sore subject, but how many of you have been watching the NBA Finals? Horrible, I know. Um, not worried, right? Even though we're down 1-3. But did you know that even before the series started, um, you know, we've been to favors for so long, and before the series started, um, it was, uh, you know, people were, made it obvious that we're, we have become the evil empire. Even in America, most states are rooting for Toronto as opposed to the Warriors. Look at this map here, Okay. <laughs> Red is Toronto, blue is the Warriors. We have California, Nevada, and Hawaii, right? The three best states anyways, but you know. Um, but not to mention that Toronto is not even in the United States. So they're rooting for another country over the Warriors. Um, and even players on other teams are throwing shade at the Warriors. That means they're, they're being mean. Um, so Quinn Cook hit a three in game two, the best game of the series, the, the one game we won. And Steph Curry ran over, and they did their jump up and bump each other, like, yay, I like what you just did kind of thing. And um, Patrick Patterson, who plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he sent out this tweet. It says, so Curry just ran on the court to celebrate with Cook during live play. What y'all going to do about that at NBA? at M official NBA refs, okay? Because there is a rule that you are not supposed to leave the bench during an altercation. And so, um, see, Patrick P Patterson, he kind of knew the rules. You're not supposed to leave your bench, but he took it out of context because there was no altercation, right? There was no fight. Um, and, and Steph didn't leave the bench. He was sitting at half court 
waiting to be checked into the game, and he didn't cross half court to do that, right? Plus, everybody thought there was going to be a timeout, which there wasn't. And if you look at the video, Steph doesn't even come onto the court. And so Patrick Patterson, what he did was he was um, taking a rule, twisting it around, and using it out of context. And sadly, that's what a lot of people do with the Bible. They take a verse, and they use it for their own purposes. They don't look at the context of, of what was being said. They just look at that little part, part of it, but you're supposed to look at the big picture. My hermeneutics professor, he said, the three most important things when studying the Bible is context, context, and context. Okay, so you really need to keep that in mind. In fact, um, do you know what Mizpah is? How many of you guys know what Mizpah is? Raise your hand. Wow, okay. So Mizpah, you guys may have seen it. It looks like this. It's the little hearts, right? That um, it says, the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. And so I know in the 80s, this was kind of popular, at least I think. And so, um, you know, you would get one and you'd give one to your boyfriend or girlfriend and you'd be like, oh, may the Lord watch over you and me while we're apart from one another. It's like, oh, it's lovey-dovey, you know, here's one, I get one, okay? But really, if you read Genesis 31, it's between Laban and um, Jacob, his son-in-law. And what they do is they got, they got uh, two heaps of stones, and it says, look, we're separating our camps. Laban says, look, you're going to be with my daughter, but if you oppress her or if you marry anybody else, may the Lord watch over you. You know, it's, like, it's almost like a threat. And yet, these days, we use it as this lovey-dovey thing. It's like, oh, right? But come on, it's, it's different, but it's... it's we're taking it out of context. But it's crucial that we stick to what, what the Bible says. It's crucial that we teach it, but it's also crucial when you guys use it and study it for yourselves. There's a lot of new teachings. There's a lot of new religions out there. There's a lot of people teaching things that aren't true. Um, it could be partial true, but if it's not fully true, it's not really true. There's religious leaders that are making up beliefs to fit their agenda. But like the old saying says, if it's new, it isn't true. The Bible has been around for centuries, and many intelligent people have tried to poke holes in it, tried to prove it wrong, tried to find contradictions, and yet they can't because the Bible is perfect. The Bible is true, and the Bible is more than a book. In fact, um, you know, some people call it a love letter from God. Some people say Bible, B-I-B-L-E. It could stand for uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. Some people call it uh, God's uh, living word, the holy scriptures. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time. Over the past 50 years, it has sold over 3.9 billion copies, more than the second leading book. But if you see this copy in the bookstore, do not fall for it, okay? <laughs> there should not be any signed copies of the Bible, at least not from any of the original authors or 
by God. But if you do get a real one, that's amazing. All right. Um, but let me ask you this. What is the single most important thing? So I have three daughters. What is the most important fact that I could teach my daughters? Uh, anybody? That, that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That's very good and very important, but that's not quite it. Anybody else? Yes. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and so on and so on. Yes, very good, but that's not quite it either. Somebody in the first service said, tell them to stay away from boys. I said, that's it. That's not quite it either. The number one thing, if I could pass one single thing on to my children, it would be this, that the Bible is 100% true. Because if they know that, then that includes that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That includes that they should love the Lord God with all their heart, mind, soul, strength. You know, I was going over this message with Josh, Pastor Josh. I said, Josh, what's the number one thing you think of? And he said, that the Bible is 100% true. And I was like, you're not supposed to say the right thing right away. <laughs> but here he knew already. So God, thank you for not saying anything this time. <laughs> but it is so important. It's so important to know that the Bible is 100% true. So why is the doctrine of Scripture important? And that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Number one, Scripture has the power to change and transform us. Scripture has the power to change and transform us. It helps us to live the lives that God created us to live. It says in verse 7 of chapter 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Now, we're going to talk a lot about uh, what the original language says in this, uh, in this passage. So please excuse me. Um, we know that the original language, the Old Testament, was not written in English originally. But sometimes when we look back at the Hebrew, we can see what the, um, the author, David in this case, what he intended to say. Because sometimes words in English translate differently in Hebrew. And we, by looking at the Hebrew, we can see... Um, what the true meaning really is, okay? So that word law is Torah, and right? that means teaching, instruction, it means doctrine. So the Bible teaches us. We need to remember that. And also that word for perfect means entire, whole, complete, without blemish. It's perfect. For centuries, like I said, people have tried to prove the Bible wrong, and they, and they cannot, because the Bible is free from error, and that is important to know because if we're going to base our lives on something, it's good to know that it is perfect. And it says that it's perfect and it revives the soul. God's word can transform our soul and revive it. And that word revives means to restore, uh, turn away from evil. But not just turn away from evil, it means to turn toward God. The Bible can help bring you back when you fall away from him. To right place with God, it refreshes, it revives, it rejuvenates, it restores. When our uh, computer was on the fritz, 
And um, we had to take it to this computer fix-it guy. And, and he said, uh, well, how long has it been working like this? And, and he found a date where the computer was working correctly. And he, he sent it back to that time. And he was able to, to restore our computer. And I thought, wow, that's amazing, right? Wouldn't it be great that we could do that in our own lives? We make mistakes and we go like, I want to restore back before I said that thing, before I put my foot in my mouth. I want to go back a couple days or whatever. That would be amazing. Well, we can't do that quite with time. But when we get in the word, we see that God changes us. And he changes us in the most beautiful ways. The Bible says it revives the soul, but it also changes the way of thinking. It says in verse 7b, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Testimony means a, a reminder, a warning, okay? And it is sure, that word sure, is something that you can stand on, you could trust it, you could believe it, it is reliable. Kind of like if you were to jump on to something, if you were to jump onto a uh, box or a chair, you want to make sure that that box or chair, it's strong enough to, to, to keep your weight and, and it's firm enough to land on and you're not just going to fall through the box or flip over through the chair. It's, it's important that we know that the Bible is something that we can stand on. And yet some rely on things that are not so reliable. They don't know about the Bible or they don't believe in the Bible, but you ask them what they believe in and they rely more on uh, their own gut feelings or they rely on uh, self-help books or they rely on what somebody else had once told them or the way that they were raised. And, and those things aren't necessarily bad, but if you're putting all your weight, all your life into that, wouldn't you want something that is more trustworthy? Something that has gone through the rigors of, of, of people trying to prove it wrong, but has stood the test of time? And it says wise. It says making wise the simple. See, that wise is not just smart or intelligent. It's an intelligent attitude in the way we live in matters of general interest basic morality, prudence in secular affairs, skills in the arts, moral sensitivity, and spiritual experience. It's a different kind of wise. Verse 8, it says precepts. Now those are rules intended to regulate behavior or thought. And that's what the Bible can do. It can help us. It can regulate our behavior, regulate our thought. It can help us because these precepts are right and they bring joy to the heart, as it says. It says, rejoicing the heart, or in other words, brings joy to the heart. Now, if you caught those three things and all that talk in there, the Bible gives joy to the heart, which means it touches us emotionally. It makes, wise, makes us wise intellectually, and it restores our soul spiritually. The Bible is much more than a book. The Bible is a life changer. Now, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not grow up going to church. I heard of the Bible, but I didn't really know what the Bible was. It wasn't until I was in college that um, I started reading the Bible. But I can tell you, once I got into the Word, um, I could see that um, 
it was it was it was changing me. It was, it was helping me make better choices. I was, um, you know, treating people differently. I was spending more time in the Word. I was, uh, my priorities were changing. Um, some of the bad habits that I had were going away. And, and I noticed that God was using Scripture to change my life. And if you get into God's Word, it could change your life as well. See, it wasn't how much I got into the Bible, it's how much of the Bible got into me. And we can say that for you as well. See, Scripture has the power to change and transform us, but Scripture also keeps us from sin and danger. Verse 8b says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. See, the Bible warns us the bible warns us keeps us from sin and danger when you don't have sight you can hurt yourself you can fall into holes you can bump into people you can trip over things even when we um try to do something as simple as standing on one foot now we have this we have this event every once in a while called amazing grace like Amazing Race, but Amazing Grace. But it's like the Amazing Race TV show where uh, we get in teams and we go all over the uh, Bay Area and we try to solve puzzles and do different things. And it's a great time. And one of the events or one of the um, activities that we had to do was we had to stand on one foot for either 30 seconds or 60 seconds. That's not that big of a deal. But try this, not right now, but try this when you get home. Close your eyes. Now, as soon as you close your eyes, it gets a little harder, right? You start wobbling, right? And, and that, I really try to do that right now. And I didn't last that long. I know some of you guys could probably last, you know, longer, but I can almost guarantee you nobody can do it for an hour, okay? <laughs> um, maybe not even 60 seconds. Try that when you go home. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to do just by closing your eyes, even something as simple as standing on one foot. But even when we have both eyes open and working, we can still make bad choices. But Scripture helps us to avoid pitfalls. See, if we're driving, if we have a new driver in the house now, um, and so, and she's actually a really good driver, and I, I have to say, because I forgot to tell her I was going to say this. Sorry, it was okay. But we have a new driver in the house, right? And uh, she got a license, and we just got insurance for her. Increase the liability too, just in case. But she's actually a really good driver, and it's been very helpful in the house because we'll forget something at the store and be like, hey, Dale, can you go get that? Yes! She'll go to the store. It's awesome. It's been awesome. So, um, but, there are, but one thing that we had a teacher is those signs that are out there, there's signs out there for a reason. They warn you of things, and you need to be aware of those signs. So, for example, I was looking at some signs. Oh, I have it. Okay. For those of you that can't read this, it says, caution, this sign has sharp edges. Do not touch the edge of this sign. Also, the bridge is out ahead. And small print. I don't know why. All right? Or how about this sign? This one was really weird. Yeah, so really, I mean, how many times did this have to happen before they realized they needed to put a sign up, right? So cows are just like, falling, right? You know. All right, how about this one? 
Danger, if that isn't enough to prevent you from touching a wire fence, then by all means go ahead and see what high voltage feels like. <laughs> Signs are meant to keep us from harm. And God's word does that for us. See, God, God's word is from God and it's pure. And he will never, ever lead us into sin or impurity. In fact, the Bible is a light to our path. It says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. The Bible keeps our feet on the path. The Bible helps us to see what we should and should not do. The Bible helps us to see what we uh, should and should not say, who we should and should not hang out with. The Bible puts light on what we need to see, and it warns us. But yet, sadly, there's many people who are used to the darkness. Some people actually choose to live in the darkness. Maybe we don't want to live in the darkness, but maybe we're just so used to being in the dark that that's become our new reality, that's become our normal. We're used to making bad choices, and we forget there are options. There's another option for you. And the Bible warns us, kind of like when we're dealing with children, all right? For, so for some of you parents out there, all right, um, and, and youth, teenagers, I love you guys, okay, but I got to put my parent hat on right now, all right? Sometimes, well, the Bible teaches us that we should not exasperate our children, all right? So for a long time, I didn't even want to look up what exasperate meant, all right? But I looked it up, and it actually means to irritate intensely. We do not want to irritate intensely our children. And yet sometimes, as parents, we feel like no matter what we do, we exasperate them. We're not trying to. I mean, we could say, good morning, and they go, what's so good about it? Sorry. Don't exasperate me. Okay. Sorry. You know, or we say, like, can, you, can you wash the dishes? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Okay, am I the only one? Okay. So I asked, um, there's a situation that came up yesterday. And, um, and uh, so one of my daughters, Ramy, <laughs> I said, uh, can you uh, take out the garbage? And she said, sure. I said, cool. So she goes to the garbage and she starts tying it together. And I said, oh, wait a minute. I haven't gone around the house and collected the garbages yet from the bathrooms and stuff. And she went, well, I'm really busy, so maybe you can do it. <laughs> and to be honest, part of me was like, oh, uh-uh, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> you are outside your mind. You don't talk to me like that. But I just, I said, well, Rami, I'm, I'm cleaning the kitchen right now, so if you don't mind, if you can do it. And so then saw her go around doing it. And then she went outside to throw it away. And then I went into our bathroom. And so um, we have two bathrooms in our house, right? And, and we call one the guy's bathroom and one's the girl's bathroom. <laughs> I started that because I'm the only guy in the house. <laughs> and so Dayla and I share that one. But she's off to college, and so I get it to myself. But then Ramey started moving her stuff in, right? Like she started moving in a couple things here and there. And now she has a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, and I said, Ramey, that's fine. I just have one rule with the bathroom. Don't leave anything on the counters. I like it nice and neat. I don't want anything on there. And um, so last night, right after, when she went out to throw out the garbage, I went in the bathroom, and there I saw 
toothpaste and the water pick thing that's on there and floss and a um, bunch of other stuff. The, the, um, the hair dryer was on the floor and I was just like, oh man, I, I had every right to say something. That's our deal. But I said, you know what? Especially since I'm talking about this tomorrow, I'm not going to exasperate her. So I just put everything away. I'm not even going to say, hey, I put everything away. This, 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 this. I didn't even say anything. So then um, she said, hey, you want to sit outside with me in the backyard? I said, sure. So we sat outside, and she said, uh, hey, are you going to talk about me in the message tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, I wasn't going to, but actually I was just thinking about your little attitude inside the house. Is that okay? And she goes, yeah, that's okay. I said, all right. And so she goes, can I hear the message? I said, sure. So I went over the message with her, and she goes, yeah, that's okay. And I thought, you know what? Because I didn't exasperate her, it, it led to peace. But can you imagine had I gone after her and yelled at her and, and piled on more stuff? And by the way, you forgot this, 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 this. So this morning, she woke up, and she wasn't in a great mood. And, so then, and then I thought, well, I could use another story. So she's in the bathroom, and she's upset. I said, Remy. And then she's like, what? I was like, hey. Okay, she was, she was, she's not really like that, but she said, what? And I said, hey, um, are you in a bad mood? Are you trying to, like, make my story a little better right now? And she was like, what? I was like, hey, because I could use another story, but no, that's it. So I left it alone. But it led to, it led to peace in the house. And it was, it was such a nice way of ending the day last night than her being upset over throwing garbage. And you know, the Bible helps us to stay away from so many bad situations. So why else is the doctrine of Scripture important? And this is our third and final point. The Scripture brings us our greatest joy. Scripture brings us our greatest joy. Our last two verses, verses 10 and 11 says, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. When we think of rules and laws, sometimes we think of chains that prevent us from having fun. But just as much as the Bible points us and warns us of dangers, it also points to success and rewards. The reward comes when we obey what Scripture says. And you know, that's more valuable than gold. I mean, solid gold is worth a ton of money. But what about the solid truth? Spiritual treasure is worth far more. And honey, if we want honey now, we just go to Safeway or Trader Joe's or Costco or whatever. We just go get Go get honey, no big deal. But back then, honey was a luxury to taste. And that's what the Bible is. It's special. It's sweet. It's something pleasant to the soul. It's special. See, being warned of what not to do is only part of the equation. If you are warned but don't take heed, then you will suffer the consequences. But if you read and obey, then you will be rewarded. It says in Proverbs 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands, commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, 
Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Quite simply, we need the Bible. We need to read it, study it, memorize it, and most importantly, apply it to our lives. The Bible itself is a treasure. We take it for granted in this country. Bibles come in all shapes and sizes. You get little pocket Bibles, you get giant big Bibles, you get hard copy, soft cover, Bible apps, leather Bibles. You get a Bible, you get King James or New King James, ESV, NIV, NASB, RSV, Living Bible, 100 other translations. You can even get the Bible in pigeon. Yaman. Yeah, oh, that's not pigeon. <laughs> okay, man. Oh, whatever. I can't do it. All right. But in some countries, did you know that you could be thrown in jail for having a Bible? Bibles are so scarce that, that whole communities would, would share one Bible. And then take, they would rip out pages and give it to you and rip out pages and give it to you. And, and your, your, your duty, your joy, your privilege was to go home and memorize your pages and to be able to recite that on command so that the whole congregation could learn. And yet here in this country, we kind of take it for granted. We forget what a treasure the Bible is, but how important it is to allow the word to, to, to change us and help us to live the life that God created us to live, to be the people that he wants us to be and to help us live the lives and we could touch other people's lives. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So the Bible is not just some book that was meant to sit on the shelf. How many times do we just leave the Bible on the shelf or on the table and we don't pick it up daily. Sometimes we treat it like a book that whenever we need it, but it's not a cookbook. It's not a dictionary. It's much more than just words on paper. It's life changing. And it's something we all need to read and commit our lives to. Charles Spurgeon said, I would recommend you either believe God up to the hilt or else not believe at all. Believe this book of God every letter of it, or else reject it. And Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship says this, success in the Christian life is dependent on how much of the Bible you get into your hearts and minds on a daily basis and how obedient you are to it. You may have heard the story. It came out in Dear Abby uh, 20-something years ago, and let me read it for you here. It says, Dear Abby, a young man from a wealthy family was about to graduate from high school. It was the custom in that affluent neighborhood for the parents to give the graduate an automobile. Bill and his father had spent months looking at cars, and the week before graduation, they found the perfect car. On the eve of his graduation, his father handed him a gift-wrapped Bible. Bill was so angry that he threw the Bible down and stormed out of the house. He and his father 
never saw each other again. It was news of his father's death that brought Bill home again. As he sat one night going through his father's possessions that he was to inherit, he came across the Bible his father had given him. He brushed away the dust and opened it to find a cashier's check dated the day of his graduation in the exact amount of the car they had chosen together. You know, it's too bad that the spoiled young man hadn't opened up his Bible that night. Not only would he have found the cashier's check for his car, but he would have not thrown away his relationship with his father. But even more important than that, had he opened up the Bible, he might quite possibly have found a relationship with his heavenly father. And yet for you and me, we have our Bibles. And if you don't, let, let Pastor Josh or me know, and we'll, we'll get you a Bible. But we have our Bibles, and, and, and how often do we read it? Do we just let it sit there and collect us? Or do we allow it to change us, to help us, to guide us? Reading the Bible can make a difference in your life the way nothing else can. Reading scriptures can bring you joy that you can't get from anywhere else. It can help you be a better parent, better son or daughter, brother, sister, worker, neighbor, friend. It can give you peace that passes all worldly understanding. It can give you joy that the world cannot offer. It can build your foundation so that you stand on something firm when the storms of life come. And knowing that we stand on the truth will help us withstand any storm that comes our way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you that you give us scriptures that can change our lives. Thank you, Father, that your word keeps us from sin and danger. And the Bible rewards us. I pray, Father, that you help each and every one of us to be students of your word, to not take it for granted, but to remember just how important it is in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the truth and that we can stand on that and base our lives, our actions, our decisions on that. I pray, Father, that this church, that whoever preaches from this pulpit, no matter what the series is, no matter what year it is, that your truth would be shared and taught to open hearts and minds ready to learn. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.